Let's go back a step. Chapter 31 was telling us how even when we have to meditate about our own faults and that can lead to sadness, nevertheless we could still have a joy, a joy of breaking out of Egypt. There's no greater joy than breaking out of your boundaries. Then we went on a bit of a tangent in chapter 32, talking about how when you prioritize soul over body, that leads to love a fellow Jew. Chapter 33 continues the conversation of chapter 31. Other meditations that can lead a person to simcha, to joy. Another mean of, means of leading one's soul to true joy, especially at those specific times when they find it necessary to purify their soul and feel gladness, let them think deeply and picture in their intellect and understanding the idea, the subject, the concept of God's true unity. We see that we use the words God unity a lot, but what does unity mean? True unity doesn't only mean that there is only one God, one creator. That's obvious. But that God is the only thing that exists. You see, most people when they think of God, they say God's the only creator. Fine, he's the only creator, but there is reality outside God. He's just the creator, then there's the world. So when I say Hashem Echad, I'm saying God's the only master and creator and leader, but there's a world, and that's outside of God, and God leads it. Hashem Echad, God's unity truly means there is nothing other than God. In the words of the Chumash, of the Torah, Ein Oid Milvada, there's nothing other than Hashem. And let this person consider how Hashem's himself permeates all worlds, both physical worlds and spiritual worlds, just like a soul pervades a body and therefore it animates it. Right? When the soul is in the body, we're alive. When the soul leaves and someone passes on, the body's dead. So too, Hashem literally animates this world. This world is animated by Hashem. Let them further consider how even this world, this physical world, which seems so distant of Hashem, is not only animated by Hashem, but it's filled with His glory. In other words, it's not Hashem animating it from above. He's coming within it and fully giving it alive, and therefore nothing is serious. Nothing can be considered as reality other than Hashem. He is the only one alone in the upper and lower realms, just as he was alone before six days of creation. When we think, even our head cannot wrap around it, but when we think about the world before creation, it was only godliness. Then we think that the world was created, now there's something else other than godliness. Not true. Not true. It's still Hashem as the only true reality. Nothing changed whatsoever. The very existence of all creations are nullified in front of him. And now Rav Zaman will introduce an analogy which traces the early evolution of an idea or a desire from the moment it occurs in one's mind and heart. At that stage, the idea or desire is formless, doesn't have a form, not yet having shape or form. It's pure desire, pure idea. An example, the desire of an English-speaking person is no different than the desire of a Hebrew speaker because it's beyond language. It's only when it reaches the stage of 
practical, when it's going to be applied in the real world, then it takes on leathers of thought and has to be expressed somehow. Now, these leathers of thought and speech are, of course, seminally contained. In other words, at the core, they are contained in the original idea or desire. It's only that at that point, their existence is completely nullified. Only the, the idea or desire is felt, is felt. So too in what we're discussing. Every created being derives its existence and life from Hashem's speech, the letters of Hashem's command when he said, let there be light, let there be earth. Since nothing is outside God, as we spoke about earlier, this creative speech and the beings that are created are contained within Hashem the same way as words that once speak were previously contained in the mind, in the desire. So therefore, everything is fully nullified for Hashem. So when a person contemplates this deeply at length on this matter of Hashem's true unity and everything's God, their heart will rejoice with faith. The soul will be gladdened to the point of rejoicing and sinking with all their heart, soul, and might. Why? Because this faith is tremendous when it fills one's mind and they realize how close I am to Hashem. Everything is God. There's nothing out of it. There's no Putin. There's no Ukraine. Obviously, these are things are real in the physical world. But at the core, everything's God. And in the words that were immortalized, these words from Tanya that were then immortalized by Lubavitcher Rebbe, who made the following words, one of the daily slogans, the famous 12 utterances that children say, many Chabad children and children all over the world say each day, 12 memos, to take to heart. This is one of them. This, in fact, is the whole purpose of the individual. And the purpose for which he and all the worlds, both upper and lower, were created, so that God could have a dwelling place here below, as we'll explain in chapter 36 and 37, how this earthly place is Hashem's creation. So in other words, when, Hashem, when, when the person realizes how great Hashem is, and that everything's God, and that Hashem wants us, the human being, to make Hashem comfortable in this world, to make this place a home, that not only God exists, but that He's comfortable and revealed and exposed, unlike the way He's now that He's covered. Now how awesome is that? How great is the joy of a common and lowly person who is brought close to the king of flesh and blood, and now the king actually moves in with him and is comfortable with him in the commoner's home, not in the king's palace, in the, in the commoner's home. How much more so, infinitely more, is the nearness of Hashem, the king of kings, the holy one, blessed be he, when he's dwelling together with us in our physical world. How awesome is that? How lucky we are is what we say each morning in Shacharit. How fortunate, how good is our portion, how pleasant is our lot, and how beautiful our heritage. In other words, just as a person rejoices and is glad when an immense fortune falls into their possession by inheritance through no, through no toil and effort of their own, similarly and infinitely more so, we should rejoice over the inheritance which our forefathers gave us. This inheritance is the true unity of God. This inheritance is the knowledge that there's nothing other than God and that there's nothing else besides Him, whether in the highest of reality, whether in the lowest of reality. This 
is where God wants us to make a home. Dafka in this low reality. Dafka in this physical world is where God says, if you put on tefillin, you're going to bring me into your arm. And if you light Shabbos candle, you'll bring me into your home. And if you go to mikveh, you'll bring me into your bedroom. And if you eat kosher, you'll bring me into your, into your stomach. You will bring me into everywhere. This is the meaning of what our sages said, that Hashem gave us 613 mitzvahs, and then one of the prophets, Habakkuk, based all the mitzvahs, all 613, on one foundation, and that is faith. This means that all the mitzvahs are based on this one idea of faith of alone. Why? Because the faith of God's unity. Once you appreciate God's unity, then all the 613 mitzvahs you do will become alive. Yichya will cause you to have a life because you'll realize that I'm literally bringing godliness into the world. I'm energizing this world. I'm making Hashem comfortable in this world. And this will cause an incredible, incredible revelation. This will cause an incredible elevation. And this is a doubled and redoubled joy. Besides the fact that the soul's joy, the soul is so joyous when he realizes how close Hashem is to her, more so, they'll rejoice in the joy and pleasure which it brings Hashem. Because Hashem gets so much pleasure when we overcome the darkness in this world, when we break the darkness, when we rip through the veneer, when we're not fooled by the darkness. Because that's what we are here. Exile is darkness. Redemption, Mashiach is Geulah, is revelation. When we rip through this darkness is when we expose the truth and we bring out the incredible light of Hashem. And Hashem has no greater joy than the light and joy, listen to this, caused by transforming darkness into light. Because the light that comes from darkness is greater than the light that comes from light. And this is the meaning of the verse, and these words were also immortalized by the Lubavitcher Rebbe as another one of the 12 slogans. There were four slogans that made it into, from Tanya, that made it into the 12 slogans. Four from the Chumash, and um, four from the Mishnah, and four from Tanya. And two out of the 12 are made, are come out of this chapter. That's how powerful it is. He says like this, this is the meaning of the verse, let the Jewish people, let Israel, Rejoice in its maker, Yismach Yisrael Ba'isov. Pirush, which it means. What does that mean that we should rejoice in its maker? We should be happy for Hashem. Shekol Mishu Mizari Yisrael. Whoever is of the seed of Israel, any Jew, they should be happy. Besimchas Hashem. In the joy of God. In other words, be happy, be joyous, because God is joyous. Because God is so happy that He is being brought into this world in a revealed fashion. In other words, if you cannot be happy for your own joy, be happy for God. Because you're literally making Hashem comfortable in this physical world, in this world that we could be so distracted, in this world that seems to be so divided and so away from God and so lost and so broken. When I could rip through this darkness and expose the light, I am bringing the greatest of joy to Hashem and I'm bringing the greatest of joy to myself.